Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Raised on the Farm. I'm Marissa. And I'm Chad. And I'm Marlo. And everything is on the table. And today, uh, everything that is going to be on the table is about factory farms. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Today, I'm going to be kind of quizzing Marlo and Chad on what a factory farm is, how they feel about it, uh, and especially in relation to their farms. So let's just start. Does the term factory farm bother you? Hmm. Does it bother you, Marlo? Immensely. Immensely. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it, it's just really a, a negative term. It, it was a made up term to kind of de- dehumanize farming, I feel like. I mean, they use terms like industrial farming and factory farming. It's almost like a, you know, a way to scare people and to dehumanize the relationship that the farmer has with their farm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's the, the phrase that bothers me as bad as the intent does, uh, which is to separate uh, the farm that I watched my father and my uncle and my grandfather build, you know, the farm where... I grew up learning how to care for animals and work on equipment and the farm where I fished and hunted in the woods and ponds on our farm. They want to separate that from being a family farm to just being a factory farm. And that's just, it's not so. It's not so. That's how I feel about it. You guys talked about certain words that pop up in your head about factory farms, like industrialized and intensive. What other words do you think people think of when they think of those a factory farm? Hmm. Well, I, you know, I think they use it as in a way to degrade us that like we're not a sustainable farm, or we're not a caring farm, or we don't. You know, I feel like sustainable is always used when it talks to small farming is never a term used for larger farms. And I feel like when you put the word factory in there, it makes people think of some kind of environmental irresponsible food production system that doesn't work when it's actually the complete opposite. Yeah. And for me, the and I may be going back to the first question, but for the, the phrase factory farm, I mean, somebody can sit down and read an article that has an uh, aerial photo of my family farm and the word factory farm in it five or six times. And when they leave that article and get up and walk away, they believe that's a, fa- a factory farm. But I dare say they could come and sit down with me for five minutes and let me show them some pictures of me growing up on the farm, of us building the farm, our family together, um, and and think that it was a factory farm after having talked to me for five minutes. But logistically, you know, it's just impossible for for every consumer to come out and spend five minutes with me, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so it's it's tough to to combat that. Um, you know, we're just so busy. I mean, not only people, uh, the consumer, but also the farmer. I mean, we're, I'm busy. I'm busy farming. I'm busy raising my family. I, mean, I don't have five minutes to talk to every consumer either but i you know obviously i have a lot of time that i do want to try to educate consumers but um that's just another thing that the, the word factory farm 
it bothers me because it's so easy for it somebody just to stick it in an article and label me as that and i don't get a chance to defend myself well with that being said how would you describe your farm how, what would you like to tell a consumer uh well i would describe my farm as the nucleus to which my family is gathered around um you know my home is one of seven homes uh that's directly on the land which makes up our family farm several of my aunts and uncles and cousins my parents we all live here i mean the sustainability of this farm there's the buzzword i was talking that marlo was just talking about but the sustainability of this farm is incredibly important to me because it is the i mean my family's been built around it it's just it's very important to me um it's a family farm mm. marlo yeah I, I completely agree with with chad on that one and and i guess the way i view it is i'm a modern farmer and i'm a female farmer mm. i mean you know that that means a lot to me and I raised just like Chad, my, my two kids, my, I have a 10 year old daughter and a four year old son and, and their livelihood and lifestyle and our way of life is built around that farm and what we yeah. do out there every day and the engagement we have there and the, and the family time that we have there, the connections, not only that I have with my, my livestock on the farm, but the connections that I have with my children out there and what I teach them about the environment about you know carrying on this tradition of food production in a way that's sustainable in a way that we care and love these animals is really important and and kind of modernizing that as a millennial female farmer is one of my top priorities for advocating for agriculture mm. i totally agree with that so if you guys were to be featured <clears throat> in a news article Obviously, we don't. We wouldn't want to see factory farm just as describing your farm. So maybe modern farm, or is there another term that works for you guys? I like family farm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just what it is for me. I mean, it's a family farm. We are, uh, you know, in it as a family. Okay. Yeah, I agree with Chad. A more a modern family farm. I, I agree with. Oh, that. that's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so. A lot of times they say factory farm because of the scale or size of a farm. How big is our girls' farm or farms? Well, our farm when when um our farm in 1965 our farm consisted of nine feeder pigs on a 4-H project. Uh, today our farm is just over 100 acres of land with the capacity to house around 15,000 uh, nursery pigs in 10 different barns. And nursery pigs, just for everyone out there, is smaller pigs, not full grown. That's correct. They're probably about 25 days old, weigh about 15 pounds, 15 to 16 pounds. And um, and we raise them till they're about seven, for about six to seven weeks until they're about 50 to 60 pounds. Okay. Marla, how about yourself? Yeah, I mean, my story's a lot similar to Chad's. I mean, my dad started with four sows on the ground in 1979 and then involved, and he, for 40 years, was an independent grower until this past year when, you know, he evolved out of the, the hog industry and, and we were able to um, build farms under contract. And now, you know, I own and operate three different, <clears throat> um, three different finishing farms. Uh, each farm's about 130 acres. And I produce about 
oh, 30,000 six to 60,000 market hogs a year. So, I mean, but, and I feel like, you know, what is everyone's definition of a large or small farm? You know, I feel like that looks different to everyone. I mean, even though I guess you would consider my farms larger, it still feels like my personal farm. You're still going to see me personally, my touch on those farms every single day and my children's touch. So I feel like size doesn't matter. There's a lot of places in life where size matters. And I feel like on the farm, <laughs> it's not one of them. That's a good uh, point. <laughs> so why did you choose to farm this way? That's a great question. Uh, you know, we didn't choose to farm this way. We, we, our passion was raising pigs and we chose to raise pigs. So we made it our business. And, and when it become our business, then we started to evolve and grow. I mean, we wanted to grow that. And, um, and that's how we ended up from nine feeder pigs on a 4-H project to, um, to where we're at today, which is, you know, 15,000 nursery spaces. It was just a, and it wasn't from there, bam, all of a sudden we're this big. I mean, it took time. I mean, through the, through the, 70s 80s and 90s we were just building a barn here and there and kind of adding on and we were independent for many years and then um, we became contract growers and switched things around and ended up with with all nursery space so uh it wasn't that we chose we we chose to raise pigs because we were passionate about it and and this is where we ended up so with that so you could have raised them a different way though correct um, Maybe not to the scale. I don't. No, I don't think so. So what happened with us is in in 1965, like I said, we had nine feeder pigs on a 4-H project. That's kind of what got the ball rolling. We bought a few sows and boars, had them on the ground. Um, we built, actually built our first barn in 1969, and it was a it was a farrowing barn. And um, in 1970, we had a bunch of pigs on the ground. Uh, we had little huts built for them. We had a really cold winter, and a lot of our pigs. Uh, froze uh, so my grandfather said we're either going to move our pigs inside or we're going to get out of the pig business and that's what we did over the next couple of decades is we started building barns and moving our pigs inside we still had pigs on the ground uh, when we had an abundance of pigs we put them on the ground if we didn't have barns for them but uh, it was just a better way to grow pigs uh, to have them in barns interesting mm -hmm. Marla do you have anything to add to that I mean, yeah, my, our story is very similar to Chad's, you know, yeah. in 1979, we had four sows on the ground and, and as we evolved and started, you know, those sows started produce, we had a lot of actual environmental issues. Mm -hmm. um, we had a lot of runoff. We had, didn't have a lot of control at that time, of, you know, sunscreen and these hot North Carolina summers, the hogs were, were getting burnt and blistered and we were battling trigonosis at that time, which has changed. I mean, we've, you know, and, and parasites and, and, and bringing them indoors allowed us to have a better welfare for the pig and better control of their environments and, and predators. And it allow us to produce a healthier pig. Um, so my story is a lot like Chad's, you know, my, my dad just evolved. We started building barns and bringing them inside and realized the production style was, you know, a lot better on the, on the pig. I think, I think there are a lot of stories out there that are, that are like ours, Marlo. Um, 
But you're right. When I think about, because whenever you were just talking about pigs on the ground, I, I had a, envisioned where we had our pigs on the ground at. And it, it's a it mess. was a mess. Yes, it is a mess. I mean, oh. hogs don't sweat. Um, so that's why they, you know, barrel, you know, burrow. Yeah, in they the destroyed. Dirt. They did destroy the trees. Yeah. We were having runoff issues. I mean, it was, it was an absolute mess. And thank goodness for NC State. You know, and, and cows for evolving and helping us with science and technology evolve these barns into what they are today. I mean, we have scientific mm -hmm. research behind them. I mean, that's a great story to tell of why, you know, we evolved to, to high production to what it is today. Well, what I think is so interesting to listen to you guys talk is you're not talking about efficiency or necessarily profits. That's not why you chose this. You chose it because it was a better way for your families to raise these pigs. And that was environmentally and for the welfare of the animals and all these different reasons. So it's really interesting to hear you guys say that is the reason because so often we hear the opposite. We hear the only reason that you're raising these pigs this way is because it's the easy way or it is the hmm. efficient, yeah. profitable way. <laughs> yeah. I can assure you there is no easy way to raise hogs. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I think that kind of goes back to, like, the term factory farm. Like, we go into our barns and press a button and a pig pops out. And they all look the same. They're all the same weight. There's, you know, it, I, not that I wish it was that easy, but it's not that easy. We all have that problem, uh, pig. Yeah. Yeah, that's I right. I had that problem, pig, this morning, yes. <laughs> Mar Marlo had a pig uh, escape today. Yes, yeah. that was real fun. So... Oh. I and and going back to that part, I have heard people say that factory farming, quote unquote, is the lazy way to farm. What do you? How do you guys feel about that? Well, I think the context matters. Uh, is it lazy in uh, which way? I guess. I think I've heard it as they view it at the the system as automated and. It's so large that you can't be personalized and it's it's kind of is like pressing a button and pigs pop out, you know, it's not hard. So therefore it is lazy. <laughs> no, it's not it's, it's not lazy, I can tell you. Um and even the the way we used to raise pigs on the ground and had some in barns, it wasn't lazy then either. Uh, and it's not lazy today. There's still, although there is a lot of automation, we got automated feed lines um, and stuff like that, that uh, and ventilation controllers. But those think make make it a better place for the pigs. I mean, it's all about growing better pigs. Um, but there's nothing. I just can't. I would invite that person to come work with me for a week. <laughs> I second what Chad says on that. I mm. mean. To assume that it's lazy farming is we're talking about livestock here. We're talking about something that lives and breathes and has to eat and drink. There's not anything you can be lazy about that. It's it's like taking care of something, your children, your own personal pets. It's the same process. There's nothing lazy about that because mm -hmm. not only are they a livelihood, but they become a part of your passion. I mean, they it, it's an everyday. You think about it every day. It's 365 days a year. It's there's nothing lazy about that when no matter what you've got that someone or yourself has got to be at that farm every single day. I don't see that in any other industry. 
So talk to me about, you know, individualized care of these animals. We, we have a lot more animals than, say, you started with on the ground. How do, how do you have individualized care? How do you guys care for these animals on a daily basis? Well, uh, uh, Chad and I um, have different, we have different types of farms. He has a nursery farm and I have a finishing floor. So immediately when my hogs get there, they are sorted and placed based on their size in every single pen. So that means that we are individually sorting and looking at these hogs and making sure that they're in the right group that they're supposed to be in for the quality of those pigs. People don't understand. Um, consumers might not understand that hogs are actually herd animals. So um, there's always going to be the most dominant pig in that pen. So I want to make sure that I give those hogs a fair chance in size for the dominant one, not to pick on the little guy. Um, so that they're immediately in their natural, exuding their natural instincts, but in a protective way for that particular pig. Um, so, I mean, we, we walk these, these barns and, and look at our pigs every single day. So there is a personalized view on these hogs every single day. Yeah, I, I totally agree. We, we do the same, Marlo. We size pigs whenever they come in. Um, but individual pig care is, is still a thing. I mean, I, you know, the goal is simple. Every pen, every pig, every day. And how we achieve this is very simple. You walk every pen every day. Uh, and you're, you know, you're looking at the pen of pigs as you walk through them. They're stirring up. And some pigs require extra care, extra special care. And, and we identify those pigs when we're walking through. And um, we pull those pigs out and put them in a special pen. Yep. And where they're given some extra care, maybe a gruel feeder, uh, less density. Um, but those pigs are cared for or given some extra care. But the honest truth is that not all pigs make it. I mean, it's just like life, you know, not, not everybody's going to make it. And sometimes, um, you know, some of those pigs are that we try to help recover, just don't recover. Um, and every pig does have that individual care, I think, but some of them don't need it. I mean, you know, so it just, that's the way it is. I hope that kind of gives a good description marissa i think it does i mean you guys Mm -hmm. are looking at every pig every day yeah and it's not really it's the pig but it's also the uh, the environment Mm -hmm. i mean the the feeders we got to make sure they're working the waterers uh the 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 air quality i mean there's a lot of things other than just watching the pig that you got to pay attention to yeah and i second exactly what chad said too and i mean we could have a whole pack podcast on just the feeding system um, oh, yeah. with these conversions, what goes into the feed, how important that is, not only mm-hmm. for the production style of the hog during its lifestyle, lifespan, but the that goes all goes back to the environment. I mean, we're talk, we can talk about phytos and its purpose in the feed. I mean, we could have a whole podcast on that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we will. Yes. Yep. yep. Uh, I think a lot of people assume that because or when animals are raised in these larger scale farms, that maybe the quality is less, the product, whether that's, you know, milk or the meat or whatever it is. Uh, do you have thoughts on that? Do you think that it's a lower quality? Absolutely not. I think, uh, you know, think time and time again, we've shown that the, uh, the nutritional difference between the two products are minimal. Uh, and I certainly think the, um, the taste difference is indistinguishable as well. Uh, we, 
we eat the, the meat that we grow. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, but I guess I would pose to that question, would you rather consume meat grown by a family farmer that's been raising pigs for over 50 years, or would you rather uptake some meat from, uh, from a lab grown from animal cells mm. today? So let's throw uh, open up Pandora's box there. Time and time again, farmers have risen to the demands of the consumer. And that meaning when they walk into the grocery store, they want to look over and see a pork chop or a pork tenderloin or a pack of ribs, and they want them to look and, and taste a certain way. And we have risen to that demand time and time again, not even for production styles, but for environmental design, you know, mm-hmm. demands. Working on the carbon neutral pig has been a huge passion of mine. And, and I think it's important for people to realize the <laughs> – when we were talking about lab growing meat, what is that exactly? Well, I, I don't even think I know. And and quite frankly, I don't want to find out. I, I don't want to look 30 years down the road and know that the pork that I'm eating was grown in a Petri dish. Talk about factory. Yes. I mean, seriously. Good point. I mean, that that, that is factory to me. Well, when yeah. I think of, you know, just food in general, I think about, recipes and family recipes and being made with love that's not the lab grown stuff in my head you know it's yeah. it's more of you guys walking the barns every day pouring you know your hearts and and putting passion into these pigs that's that's made with love absolutely it sure is marissa and and you know it's like i said it's just been a passion of ours for all these years and it just it just carries down from one generation to the next i mean we love what we do that's why we do it every day yeah so we need to get rid of factory farm terminology yes we like modern farming as a term we like family farm because that is what it is size does not change the fact that this is a farm and it doesn't change the quality yep and it doesn't change that my family lives around our farm. And that my family works at farms. Yep. Yep. Well, hopefully people will hear this and they will, it'll get them thinking about what that means. And next time they read an article that has the word factory farm in it, they won't have such an abrasive, you know, reaction to it. And hopefully they will think about, oh, wait. I heard a farmer talking about that, and technically, they're considered a factory farm. But are they? That's right. That's right. And I would invite them to my farm. I have a lot of folks come to our farm, and I want to show folks what we do and and how it is a family farm. I'd be glad to show you. I agree, too. I'm proud of what I do every day. Yeah. I wake up every morning, and I'm proud to be an American farmer. And part of the group of American farmers and ranchers that are out here doing the same thing I'm doing every single day. I mean, it is really a special bond to to raise livestock or grow crops. I mean, it's, you know, we have the same understanding and the same care and provide the same love and passions for our livestock and our, and our families every day. And I do want to say that, you know, we've been talking about larger scale farms and benefits of those. There's benefits to both types of farms and there's a place for both mm-hmm. yes yes i agree we need all different types of farms shapes and sizes 
And I encourage people to go visit different types of farms. But I think it's, I think the problem starts too is when farmers decide to start pointing fingers at one another. I think, oh, you know, I, I think that's what hurts us the most. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that, Marlo. We've got to, um, you know, we got to support each other. Yeah. I mean, we're in this together. We're the, the goal is one common goal, um, is to feed folks. And, um, you know, a small farm can feed folks. A large farm can feed folks. It's the same thing. Same team. I agree. Got to be together. Yeah, we are on the same team. I support yeah. uh, farmers who choose to raise their livestock on the ground because they—that's what works best for their farm, and that's great. And I want you know people to understand that farmers that choose to raise, you know, their hogs indoors or their um, dairy cattle in barns have the same passions and the same end of the day goal, which is just what Chad said: is is to feed people. Yeah. Yeah. But it does boil down to, in many regards, a preference. Just like Chad, you were talking about your your grandfather. He said, we're either doing this or we're getting out. (laughs) He he didn't like losing those animals uh, to cold weather. I can tell you that. (laughs) But I think that's a testament to how much you guys care for your animals. You didn't want to see them. Yeah. You you don't want to lose them at all possible costs. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, who who wants to freeze to death? Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, this has been Man. an awesome conversation. Uh, we have a lot of awesome conversations, Marissa, when when when, when us three get yes. together. <laughs> the three musketeers or the dream team. <laughs> the three, the dream team, yeah. <laughs> I always enjoy uh, our time together. I sure do. Yes. It's fun. Our, well, I'm going to... Nope, oh, sorry. I, I was just going to lead into your farm fact. <laughs> yeah, I was going to wrap it up today. I don't I don't usually get to to read the farm fact of the day cuz my dyslexia gets I, the best of hey, me. Hey, I hog it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chad. I hog the farm you fact do, of the you day. You do. But uh <laughs> let me stumble through this fact today and uh it's actually about family farms and it says according to the USDA that family farms make up 99% of America's 2.1 million farms and 89% of agricultural production. Most farms in the United States are small. 90% are family, small family farms that operate nearly half of America's farmland. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty amazing to, to think about. Yeah. Yep. It's awesome. Something I'm proud of. I'm so proud of that. Most, most certainly. I am too. I, I, I'm really satisfied with uh, the occupation that I've ended up with, uh, being a family farmer. Uh, I've, it's just, there's been so many benefits. Raising my children here on the farm, it's, there's just so many benefits. We could just do a whole segment on that. Um, just glad to be where I'm at and, and proud of all the family farmers, large and small, across this land. We are proud to be raised on the farm. Absolutely. Cool deal. So, does that wrap it up, Marissa? We're right. gonna we're gonna rendezvous next time. That's it. All right, awesome. Well, I guess everybody, you can join us on uh, what Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Where else are we, Marissa? Wherever you like to listen. <laughs> YouTube. Yes, but always remember that we're raised on the farm. Yeah. All right, man. Enjoyed it, guys. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys.